You're listening to DraftKings Network. All right, everybody, Mother's Day is officially around the corner. If mom's gift isn't already on the way, you've got hours, maybe even minutes to get it together. So head over to 1-800-Flowers.com right this second. 1-800-Flowers still has great last minute deals on handmade bouquets, sweet treats, gourmet food, and one-of-a-kind gifts ordered easily and delivered fresh. You want to get mom something that shows your appreciation for all that she's done? We know you've been a knucklehead. She knows you've been a knucklehead. Please do better. Help your mom feel appreciated this Mother's Day. This is your last chance to lock in these Mother's Day deals. Only good while supplies last. Order today at 1-800-Flowers.com slash Dan, D-A-N. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash Dan. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley. SAB, the CV. Copyright 2024. Proximo. Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. This is the Hockey Show. Roy Bellamy, David Drock in the Hockey News. This is our trade deadline show, ladies and gentlemen. David Pignotta is going to show up, and so will Darren Drager from TSN. Big guns. Big guns. We are going to guess what's going to happen during the trade deadline. (laughs) This is the trade deadline show. The trade deadline show. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about the Florida Panthers, who won their 13th game out of 15. Man. And uh, it's a lot. It's a lot on paper when you look at it. Just a whole bunch of W's on your screen here and and on the computer. So, uh, But they haven't played well really that recently. I mean, they've gone to overtime three times in, in the last five games. And last night especially, we saw couple of blown coverages that led the breakaways one goal and that face-off goal I mean they had four Panthers spotted up in front of the crease I don't know how Stolarz was able to see that puck yeah and, and Paul Maurice even said after the game that the, the first couple of goals that they scored were a little tight untraditional yeah. um, but I think just to your point Roy that's what makes this Panthers team so unique compared to past years and even other teams when they don't have their A game they're still able to find a way to get that dub and to get the two points they scratch and claw whether it's relying on their goaltending relying on the ridiculous talent pool that they've got so uh, this is a pretty stacked team right now even when they're not at their best and the special teams last night the uh, penalty kill even though uh, Sam Reinhardt's scored a short-handed goal. Not that great. Well, I, I think that it was Paul Maurice was talking about after the game. You're dealing with a very young, fast, skilled team in Montreal that's really got nothing to lose right now. And Florida, you know, for what it's worth, they've got a lot riding on every game. They've got a lot going on. They're focusing on the playoffs, so perhaps a little tight at times. But special teams are going to be clutch for this team just because we've seen throughout the year that it's carried them, especially lately with the power play and the, and the uh, penalty kill. So, yeah, it's the kind of thing that these are the games that you want to kind of work out those kinks. Sam Reinhardt also scored a power play goal. That's number 40 and 41 on the season. Man, Sam Reinhardt. That guy's going to get paid, huh? Yeah. That, that might be something we want to ask these insiders about. Yeah, there might be a bit of a sacrifice for the Panthers here so that they can actually pay Sam Reinhardt. Well, that's going to be the big question, isn't it? Are they going to be able to pay the Reinhardts, the Forslings, the Montours, everybody that's going to be UFA after this year? They're going to have some decisions to make, so we'll see uh, if they can get everything done. Because I know there is a plan for Bill Zito, the Panthers GM, to get everything done. We'll see if everybody cooperates. And as I said, today is the trade deadline show, and from the fourth period, we have David Pignotta. We are going to talk a little bit of trade deadline, but first, I want to talk about the Los Angeles Kings. You're over there on the West Coast. 
Uh, they're currently tied for a wild card spot. Do you think they're going to be buyers or sellers? Honestly, it, it, it's going to come down to the the overall future or fate, immediate future of Adrian Kempe and his health. If he's done for the regular season, and there's a strong belief that that's that could be the case, um, then they're going to engage. Now, some people think he could come back at the end of the month. If that is the case, if that's the diagnosis, then cap space, bye-bye. They have none. Uh, but if he is out until middle of April to the end of the month, then they're going to utilize that full cap space, the $5.5 million that is Kempe's hit in order to add. They've already asked about guys like Tyler Toffoli and Max Pacioretty and a few other players out there to try to get a gauge of, of you know, what, what the marketplace is, what the price tag is like for some of these guys. Um, but again, really everything or anything that they do for now is dependent on Adrian Kempe's health. If he comes back in the March, forget about it. If it's prolonged, it's going to give Rob Blake some wiggle room. What about Quentin Byfield? Uh, it seems like he has a lot of potential. He's the highest yeah. black draft pick in NHL history, and he's having a fine season. What do you think about his career right now? Oh, it, it's just starting to climb. Like this is he's, he's not even scratched the surface of his potential yet. Um, and he's a versatile player. He was drafted as a center. He's playing the wing right now. Um, he can play in different situations. He's really actually in the last four games really propped up Pierre-Luc Dubois' performance as well um, since since they were kind of put on the line together. This guy is going to be a, an elite star in the National Hockey League. It's just going to take – some guys take, take a little bit of extra time. And with the depth that L.A. has, he doesn't have to be forced into situations to be the main guy right now at, at this young age. He, he's going to be a very good player. Um for a number of years and I think will eventually evolve if he if he isn't starting to already into a fan favorite in, in L.A. They they went in the right direction with him and they slow cooked it. They didn't want to rush him. Um, and, and it's certainly paying off right now and it will continue to. And Ozzy Kopitar has, including this year, three years left on his contract. Does he have yeah. enough left on the tank or do you see him playing out the rest of his career on that contract? Uh, he's going to kind of see where it goes. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if this is his last overall deal um, maybe depending on where they're at maybe he sticks around for another a year or, or whatnot but you know when when the sun kind of settles on on his playing career he'll eventually go back to Slovenia for the most part um, probably still have a place in LA but but go back to Slovenia with with the wife and kids and um, just live basically like a king out there he's, he's a huge celebrity in, in his own country um, as well as obviously in LA so uh, look he's, he's having a great year he had some you know, a little, I guess maybe around All-Star or right before he dipped a little bit. Um, and maybe some people were questioning his longevity, but he's kind of re-upped that in the last little bit. Really, the entire team kind of reinvigorated um, recently. And, and a nice 5-1 victory the other night over Vancouver um, should, should add a little bit of extra confidence, not just to him, but the rest of that roster. Dave, I want to switch gears to the Eastern Conference now. Uh, a, a couple of the top teams in the East that are possibly cup contending – could be active at the deadline. Not so sure. Curious your take on both the Carolina Hurricanes over in the Metropolitan and the Boston Bruins in the Atlantic. Well, Carolina right now is looking to add up front. Um, there's the, the, they were part of the goalie discussions, but with Freddie Anderson set to come back, they, they actually have to figure out what they want to do there because they're going to end up with four goalies um, active once Freddie does come back. And he's been skating for the last few weeks. Um, should be ready to go I, I, by the sounds of things sometime next week, if not a little bit sooner. Um, but they want to add up front. They want to add an extra little bit of scoring punch to that lineup 
and kind of deepen their their offensive abilities and and um, if they can do that and there was some talk that they were making a little bit of progress on that so maybe we get word you know later today or, or even tomorrow um, but the Hurricanes would like to certainly add to the offensive uh, side of the game and I think from Boston's perspective they're looking at every option they're looking at defense they've kicked the tires on guys like Sean Walker and Matt Dumba if the prices drop a little bit then I think they engage a little bit further on that otherwise um, or in addition to that I should say center position um, they'd like to add, add up front as well center position still a primary to, to further deepen themselves up the middle Alex Wenberg I think is a guy on their radar out of Seattle I did also want to ask you about the Florida Panthers. We've heard them mentioned uh, with the likes of Noah Hannafin. We've heard them mentioned more recently Mm -hmm. with uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. Now, I've heard that Tarasenko is interested in coming to Florida. I'm not sure that there's mutual interest there. I wanted to get your take on that. Yeah, I think he. I think he would. I think that's that's a destination. And and my understanding is he is willing to move to a contender. Um, He's relayed that message to the Ottawa Senators. It's just a matter now of Steve Sales, their GM, kind of figuring out. Uh, what the best deal is, but he would be interested in going to Florida. You're right. I don't know if the feeling is fully mutual. Now, if the price drops and it's like a fifth round pick and Ottawa eats half of his $5 million contract, then I think Bill Zito reconsiders yeah. um, that direction. Uh, but barring something like that, I think there are other teams. I think Carolina, who tried to sign him this summer, would be in on him. I think Vegas is in on him, a few other teams. But Tarasenko is going to have options, but he is willing to go to a contender. It's just a matter of the Sens now finding the right fit. The bottom three teams are Anaheim, San Jose, and Chicago. Obviously, Chicago is probably not going to do anything for this deadline. But what yeah. do you see Anaheim doing at the trade deadline? Frank Vetrano is out there. Adam Henrique is out there. Sam Carrick is out there. Teams are calling about some of their other players as well. Vetrano has one year left on his contract. The Rangers would love to make that reunion happen again and bring him back to the Big Apple. So they're having conversations there. Adam Henrique is being discussed across the board. Um, he just had his, his uh, I guess him and his wife had their second child at the start of the week, and the Ducks were waiting to see, I mean, when that would happen. Um, and talks have kind of picked up since now that uh, they welcomed their second daughter. So um, we'll see kind of how that progresses, but I'm expecting, and Adam is too, that he is going to get traded ahead of the deadline, just a matter of, when not if Vetrano, because of that extra year they don't have to do it but if you know the rangers for example pay a bit of a premium a premium then i think they would um would certainly bite on that john gibson is still available but i think that might be more of a summer thing if it does happen um and we'll see who else can kind of get plucked out of there jakob silverberg unless anaheim retains half of that contract probably going to be sticking around he's a ufa at the end of the year as well Dave, with the Edmonton Oilers, they've been a lot of fun to keep track of this year, obviously. It looks like they're mm-hmm. going to be a playoff team. Uh, it sounds like that they want to be pretty active at the deadline and kind of load up for a playoff run. What do you see them doing, yeah. and uh, do you see them kind of making that run? I do. Um, they, if, they, if they make these ads, um, they want to add a defenseman. They want to add a mid-six forward. Um, somebody that can slot in the interchangeable second, third unit, depending on you know situational play and, and playoff matchups and things like that. So Pavel Busnevich out of St. Louis, who's got another year in his contract. They're very much engaged in that. I think Carolina, again, another team that we just talked about looking for forwards. I think they're in that mix. Vegas as well. Um, he's got a pricey tag to him. I mean, it's you're basically looking at two first-round picks plus to get Busnevich out of St. Louis or a first plus an equivalent level prospect. Um, but Edmonton's right in the thick of things. They also want a defenseman. And for them, 
if they make any additions that are impactful, they're going to have to move bodies out. They're right up against the cap. So any anything that comes in, even if there is salary retention, it's going to require somebody moving out, whether it's Cody Cece or Brett Kulak on defense or Warren Fogle up front. All three of those guys, and I believe they know that they could be casualties of the cap situation in, in Edmonton. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see something kind of happen there. In fact, I believe um, – Actually, I'll put this out here before I report it elsewhere. Um, they have an offer on the table for one of the, the top defensemen that are available right now. It's a first-round pick and Cody Cece. I don't know if it gets to the finish line, um, but that's something that's currently on the table for one of the defensemen that are out there. Finally, the Ottawa Senators, probably one of the biggest disappointments of the season, mm-hmm. second to last in the conference. Yeah. Do you see them selling off maybe a Jacob Chikrin? Oof. Well, uh, he's available. Um, you know, they, they, they've been telling everyone they're not shopping him, um, but they're also saying, all right, well, give us your best offer. Or let's talk more about this. So semantics, really. Um, but, you know, teams have called about him. They've called about Josh Norris, who just got hurt and his season might be over. Um, so a lot of teams, when you're at the bottom, they like to vulture in and see where they can get, um, you know, some deals or, or force somebody to potentially, you know, make a panic move. I, I think unless something steps up for Chikrin, I, I think this is a discussion that happens in the offseason closer to the draft. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if something happens around that in June in, in Vegas. But, you know, barring that, I, I, we talked about Tarasenko. Dominic Kubelik's going to be moved. That's their goal anyway, um, that, that he gets moved out as well for basically a mid-round pick. Um, and then outside of those two guys, they're, they're again, they're open to, to hockey moves, um, whether it's Chikrin or another people, some some players before Riley Gregg slapped that puck right into that open cage in Toronto. <laughs> um, teams were calling about him, too. Uh, so everyone's just kind of looking around and just making inquiries to see what's there. But I, I think Ottawa, if they can, would like to be active. And, and they're utilizing this deadline as basically a speeding up process for their off-season movement. So if they can make moves now and then follow that up at the draft, go into free agency, add to this group, I think that's the objective, uh, especially with this deadline for the Sens. So it's going to be interesting to see how they, they kind of play this one off. But um, if they do something fairly bold, whether it's Chikrin or somebody else, don't be shocked. From the fourth period, David Pinota, thank you for joining us. You got it. Thanks, guys. All right, everybody, Mother's Day is officially around the corner. If mom's gift isn't already on the way, you've got hours, maybe even minutes to get it together. So head over to 1-800-Flowers.com right this second. 1-800-Flowers still has great last minute deals on handmade bouquets, sweet treats, gourmet food, and one of a kind gifts ordered easily and delivered fresh. You want to get mom something that shows your appreciation for all that she's done. We know you've been a knucklehead. She knows you've been a knucklehead. Please do better. Help your mom feel appreciated this Mother's Day. This is your last chance to lock in these Mother's Day deals. Only good while supplies last. Order today at 1-800-Flowers.com slash Dan, D-A-N. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash Dan. Hey listeners, it's Mike Ryan, and I've changed a lot over the course of 20 years that you've known me. I've gone from unlikable to, well, my hair has changed. But my point is, while a lot's changed over our relationship, there's one thing that hasn't changed one bit. And that's a great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite has sparked this debate way back in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. They keep it simple. It's got undebatable quality, great taste, 96 calories. You know all those things. It's a beer that strips everything away that you don't need and holds on to what matters most. But with Miller Lite, you don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste 
and is less filling. It's both those things. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com Dan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Don Lebatard. Oh, I think Larry Fitzgerald's on the green right there. Stugatz. That's Ooh. Alfonso Ribeiro. Oh. <laughs> now, how do you what? think that Larry Fitzgerald is? <laughs> the son. The son. The son. Oh, the son. To be fair. Okay, yeah, yeah. To be fair. Right, oh. Alfonso Ribeiro has a great ass. This is the Don Lebatard show with the Stugatz. On TSN in Canada, there are two days that everybody looks forward for, uh, to. It's the trade deadline show and the free agent show. We are looking forward to the Trade Deadline Show. That's Trade Center on TSN. That's going to be next week on Friday, March 8th, starting at 8 a.m. They're going to have like 35 people on the panel. On this. <laughs> it's going to look like an Earth, Wind & Fire concert, really. So many people are going to be on the stage. And one of those people is Darren Drager. Darren Drager is going to join us to talk uh, Trade Deadline right now. And we're going to start off with the two trades that have happened already. We're going to start off with Chris Tanev. Can you explain what happened in that trade? Well, it was an interesting trade. I mean, obviously, Chris Tanev is a right shot defenseman and was one of the most coveted available defensemen. Um, and the Dallas Stars identified that Tanev was going to be uh, a near perfect fit. But there were other clubs that were keenly interested the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Vancouver Canucks, the Colorado Avalanche to a degree, the Edmonton Oilers. And, you know, there are some who are critical of Craig Conroy and the Calgary Flames because they feel like maybe he jumped a little bit early. But they got a package that they were looking for, including a prospect defenseman who is tracking to be a real good defensive defenseman in the National Hockey League. So that's the tricky balance, guys, uh, between now and the March 8th trade deadline, is knowing when to pull the trigger. And the Tanner feel, I think, uh, more or less kind of restarts the the trading platform, if you will. And obviously that carried into Ilya Labushkin going from the Anaheim Ducks to the Toronto Maple Leafs with the Carolina Hurricanes involved as a broker. So when you uh, first begin with Tanif and the Calgary Flames, I think Calgary did well. Uh, I look at the New Jersey Devils as being a broker on that deal, and I know the Dallas Stars are over the moon based on the fact that they add a real high-character individual. And the Yale Lubuskin trade, can you explain that one? Yeah. Well, look... Brad Trilliving, the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, again, was was in on Chris Tanoff, but I think he recognized fairly early in the week that it just wasn't going to work. The fit wasn't there from Calgary's standpoint. So when uh, when Trilliving knew that he was going to have to turn, he had been in constant communication with some of the other guys in play. I think of Danny Briere and Sean Walker. Um, I think Ilya Labushkin and Pat Verbeek in the Anaheim Ducks. There's a familiarity with Labushkin. Uh, reliability you know he's a big strong guy uh, played well with Morgan Riley when he was formerly with the Toronto Maple Leafs so the fact that they got the Carolina Hurricanes involved the Anaheim Ducks retain 50 percent Carolina retains 25 percent and it only cost the Maple Leafs a third round draft pick and a sixth round draft pick I think that's some pretty good work by Trilliving. And I also think that the door is still open for Trilliving and the Leafs to do something else, like add another mm. defenseman. But they shore up a position of need, and that was that right shot defense. 
Darren, I want to ask you about another team in the Eastern Conference, and it's the New York Rangers. They've been on a hell of a streak lately. It looks like uh, Igor Shosturkin has reclaimed his Vezina form, and that's a team that's rolling. Do you think that they're going to make any moves? Just because, like, I've heard things like they're going to be like in '94, where they were already so good, but they made different moves to yeah. get it ready for the playoffs. So, do you see anything like that going down this year? I absolutely do. And, you know, I think you can expand that list. Any of the teams that we would consider to be top contending teams, uh, I think that they're going to do everything within their power to try and uh, upgrade. So I I most definitely see Chris Curry and the New York Rangers adding something. Um, there's been at least a loose connection, I would say, to the Anaheim Ducks. Pat Verbeek has been scouting closely, you know, watching the New York Rangers, the Carolina Hurricanes. And, um, you know, I, I can see Carolina adding a piece, like maybe Vetrano, if there's a fit there. I can see the New York Rangers taking a hard look at Adam Henrique. Mm. I mean, this guy is a salt-of-the-earth, experienced forward who just all around makes you better so i can see the fit there and i'm not suggesting that that would be the only target of chris jury in the new york rangers but there was some speculation a couple of weeks ago on the possibility of Capocaco being in play. And I don't think that we can officially dismiss that. It just seems like a real long shot at this point because, man, has he changed his game. He's turned it around. Yeah. You know, coming off an injury, uh, maybe it took him a little bit longer to to get up to pace and get back up to, to game speed and all of that. But he's been a real contributing uh, piece for the New York Rangers. But I still think that Drury is on the hunt. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a connection to the Ducks in some form. Anthony Duclair is his own agent, and I think, I believe he's shopping himself around. Do you believe that he's going to get dealt? Well, he's on the list. Um, you know, so I, I, I can't dismiss that possibility. I'm always careful in putting too much stock in the list of uh, trade bait players that all of us produce on a daily basis. But I mean, we put those names on those graphics because they're legit. Those are players in play. I can I can appreciate why Anthony DeClaire would be in play. You know, he's a very quick forward. He's got the experience. He certainly has uh, the resume. Does it get a little trickier because he represents himself? Mm, maybe. Um, but in today's world, unless you have true trade protection, which includes either the no trade clause or the no move clause, the agents are aren't as involved as they once were in in negotiating these trades unless you're looking at a, a type of extension uh, but when i think of anthony declare i think of a depth forward who can also play up in the lineup so i think that uh, there'll be some interest and i'm sure that there is some interest in declare now, one of the hottest teams in the West lately has been the Nashville Predators. And they're looks like they're going to be a playoff team. They're right on the, like above the, the Mendoza line, and there's a bit of a gap there, as you know, in the Western Conference standings. Now, this is a team that's got picks. They've got cap space. Do you think Nashville is going to be making some moves and try to maybe make a little playoff run here? Well, I could see Nashville making some moves. Excuse me. Just battling a, a bit of a cold here. Oh. Um, but making moves in the sense of, of trying to improve. Uh, I feel like we should be past the speculation on UC Saros, even though people continue to talk about it. I can't envision, you know, the run that the Nashville Predators are trying to build on as we get in the late stages of the regular season here and uh, the playoffs right around the corner. And you, you trade a star goaltender like that. Carrier's name has been out there. Uh, I think that that's a bit of a long shot now. But maybe, maybe Barry Trotz, the general manager of the Preds, 
um, has changed his thinking with the currency that he has to maybe bring in some reinforcements. So among the teams that we're watching closely, fellas, for the next week leading up to next Friday's trade deadline, the Nashville Predators, because there is a level of uncertainty. I, they've, they've kicked the switch here. They're, they're not looking to be in the selling mode, but given some of the assets that they have, perhaps they're they're in a position where they can add to uh, kind of bolster what they already have with the playoffs in mind. The two teams that Steve Eisenman has affected the rosters, uh, Tampa and Detroit, are currently in a wild card spot. Uh, do you see them making any moves? Mm. Well, when I look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, I I have all the time in the world for the management of Julian Breezeball, the GM of, of the Tampa Bay Lightning, mm. because he was recognized since he took over the position from Eisenman that it's a real small window, that window of, of having an opportunity to compete for the Stanley Cup. And they've been very, very successful. But when you look at the roster of the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think that you can absolutely appreciate that this is a team that knows that that window is coming to a close here. So I'd be surprised if Tampa Bay isn't actively involved. Um, it looks like they want to add something to their defense. There's been open speculation about maybe connecting to uh, the Calgary Flames and Noah Hannafin. As of our reporting yesterday, the Flames don't have enough yet. That can change with a simple phone call uh, to encourage them to move Hannafin, who's playing his best hockey. But I could see Tampa Bay and the Boston Bruins, as an example, trying to to uh, improve in that area. And then I think Steve Eisenman and the Detroit Red Wings are still feeling things out a little bit and trying to figure out where they are. Are they a playoff team? Are they a non-playoff team? Um, Eisman has been pretty creative and very active over the last number of years as, you know, the, the Red Wings come out of that long rebuilding process. So as much as he may want to give his guys a shot in the arm, it also has to be made. Decisions like this has to be made more so on the long term. What's the better fit for the Detroit Red Wings moving forward as opposed to helping on the short term in trying to lock down a playoff spot or stay in the mix? Now, out west, the big name that we've heard a lot lately is Elias Pettersson. Uh, yeah. Can you kind of give us an insight on what the latest is with him in Vancouver? Well, that's a developing story, and it is a big one in Vancouver and really around the National Hockey League. And this is crafty veteran management by Jim Rutherford, Patrick Alvine, and the Vancouver Canucks. Because last weekend, there was speculation that surfaced that you know Rutherford and the Vancouver Canucks were uh, actually... Uh, approaching teams and at least nibbling at the edges of the potential of trade with Pedersen, either between now and the deadline or probably more likely in the offseason. And I, I think that that was purely with design to encourage the player to the negotiating table, which absolutely happened. So it worked. So the contract negotiations began on Tuesday night, continued into Wednesday, uh, yesterday, and I'm sure that they'll resume again today. It's a tricky one, right? Because Elias Pettersson did not want to be a distraction. He didn't want to be disruptive. But now he's in a position where, you know, all of the speculation, everything that's hovering around the Vancouver Canucks has been exactly that. So why not engage? And that's where they're at now. Um, a player of that magnitude, you're looking at anywhere from a five-year contract extension to the maximum eight years. And when you look at the productivity of Elias Pettersson, 
Uh, I look at the extension of William Nylander and the Toronto Maple Leafs, mm. and that came in at an annual average salary of $11.5 million. Now, Pedersen is tracking a little bit higher than that, but you have that restricted free agent year, so it is complicated. Uh, and what will happen is Paprasan and J.P. Berry, who represent Elias Pedersen, will gather all of the options and the possibilities that they've discussed and negotiated with Canucks management, take them back to Pedersen and say, all right, which one is the best fit for you? Patterson will decide which one is the best fit for him. And if that jives with the Vancouver Canucks, then they get a deal done very quickly. Could it be two days? Sure. Could it be a couple of weeks or in the offseason? Absolutely. Because, you know, it's fashionable now for players, again, of that level and that skill set to want a shorter term. So I'm sure the player is looking at a five-year option. And the Vancouver Canucks are probably thinking, no, we'd prefer to get you on an eight-year extension. So I think there's some work that lies ahead. And down here, we cover the Florida Panthers, and yeah. they have people that they need to sign in the offseason. But for right now, looking at the trade deadline, what do you think Bill Zito has up his sleeve? Well, Billy Zito always has something up his sleeve. You know, he's, he's one of the more aggressive general managers. But also, guys, you know this because you watch this team closely, and they are so good. I mean, in so many different ways. They're considered the model of the Eastern Conference and maybe to a point across the National Hockey League based on how Paul Maurice has that team committed to playing. They play hard, but they can play any different way. So you got to be careful not to mess too much or tinker too much with the chemistry. Now, I think that the Florida Panthers would like to add a winger, maybe a depth center. But I don't think that Bill Zito is looking at the looming trade deadline through a position of need. You always have wants. But it's money in, money out for the Florida Panthers. They're a cap team. If there's an opportunity to add a depth forward, then I'm sure he will do that. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if he does that. But if there isn't an affordability or if there isn't a financial fit where he just, you know, he can't make it work, I don't think that the Florida Panthers are overly concerned or look at their roster and see holes. I don't believe that for a second. You can catch him on one of TSN's biggest shows of the year is Trade Center. It's next week, March 8th, starting at 8 a.m. Darren Drager, thank you for joining us. Okay, guys, thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Don Lebertard. How do people always go missing in the mountains? Don't go to the mountains. And by the way, I don't want to bring race into it. This is the most white people thing ever. Going missing in the middle of the mountains. It's the strangest thing. You go by yourself. You don't take a radio. You don't take a phone. You're missing for four days. And they find you like 10 years later covered in snow. And it's like, don't go by yourself. If you're going to go on a trail, don't go by yourself. Stugatz. Put it on the poll. Is it the whitest person thing ever, I believe is what you called it, going into the woods by yourself? Is going into the woods by yourself? I can't disagree with that, man. I mean, so so black people don't camp? Yeah, black people don't hike. They don't camp. They don't go out into the woods. This is the Don Lebatar Show with the Stugats. 
YouTube and DraftKings Network exclusive here. We're going to open up the club in moments. We have to get to the polls as well. Uh, for those on YouTube, you will see a Ben Lyons, David Sampson, Adnan Verk segment that also appears on our podcast feed. Very excited to announce. I know Dan did it uh, awkwardly earlier this week, but the three of those gentlemen will be here in studio March 10th, a Sunday for a live watch party, a watch along for the Oscars. It's the first time we've ever done anything like this around an award show. And I know that plenty of people from the Metal Ark family and the Levitard show are going to be here. And we're going to actually host an Oscars watch party as they will be your guides through all the red carpet looks. And as you know from uh, producing Cinephile, big movie guys, big movie guys, Ben Lyons, it's in his family. Everyone here is talking about they want to like dress up fancy for this. Like, can I just? That makes me not want to come. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's the only reason I'm gonna show up. We have makeup. We have hair and makeup. <sighs> Willow's like, gonna wear a tuxedo. I saw a thing oh. in Slack about let's dress to the nines. I'm like, gosh, I want to wear a hat. You want to dress some more, more like the fours? Yeah, I just, yeah. <laughs> I just wear maybe a two. <laughs> like, can I wear one of those shirts with the tux? Like, hey, I'm the wacky guy who's yeah, wearing oh, a shirt. Oh, that's a great that's idea. A yeah. Mike Fuentes is gonna do that. Damn it, Spoiler just Jack Black it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but I'm very excited about that. It's the first time we've we've tried something like that, and uh, it opens us up to a whole new audience. So, uh, and those three guys are really good at what they do, and I'm excited to see them work together. We've had a fair amount of polls this week. Chris Cody, what are the polls? I have them. Billy Gill, what are the polls? All right, before we get to the polls, I just want to remind you guys the polls are presented by the new season of Peacock, the Peacock original, The Traders, streaming now with new episodes Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, only on Peacock. And I want to talk to you guys about The Traders, but I'm not because it aired last night, so I don't want to spoil anything. So I will not be talking to you about it's a the, good show. the Traders right now. I love it. So does Taylor's mom. Oh. Yeah. Aww. Anyways, is roller <laughs> skating a good idea right up until you're about to do it? <laughs> 85.8% of the audience said yes, it is. <laughs> Have you ever honked your love and support for someone with your car horn? 55% of the audience said yes. Did you know that Finland was the happiest place on earth? 55.8% of the audience said no. They didn't know that. I want to go there for uh, the Panthers game. Panthers, yeah. yeah. I want to Reportedly, go it hasn't been confirmed by the Panthers, but they're going to be playing. Just has it been? They're going to be playing the, the Stars. Because uh, Sasha Barkov is is That's his home country. Well, Barky. yeah, we've just like totally forgotten about the Russian. Does Dallas have that. a player from there? Is that why? I'm uh, just curious. I don't know. I'll double check for you. Get back to me on that. Please close that loop. <laughs> Where would you prefer to be, the happiest place or the most magical place? Magical. Seventy-two point nine percent of the audience said the happiest place. I'd rather be in the hmm. happiest place, yeah. but everyone just assumes it's Disney. Yeah. Cereal for dinner. Fifty-nine point seven percent of the audience said yes. Been there. Wow. Good way to lose weight. Is everyone made happier once Jim Tonsula has been mentioned? 77.8% <laughs> of the audience said yes. Did you know that the LA Clippers were boats? 52% yeah. of the audience said no. Really? Is now the best time They're in history, more. in the history of America, to be a skeptic? I don't a think so. 88.5% of the audience said yes. You're bad at this. Chris. Wait, wait, what, what was the question again? Is now the best time in the history of America to be a skeptic? That was I was being a skeptic. That was no. I get what. And what was the oh, result? Gotcha. Uh, Eighty-eight point five percent of the audience said yes. The stars yeah. have four finished players on that team. <gasps> oh, that's big. Mm. Four. That's and the what Panthers about their have, starters? Panthers though? have two. Yeah, Lundell, right? Lundell and Barkov. Hmm. Yeah. The wow. pillow guy? No, no, <laughs> no. Not Mike Lundell. Oh, Anton. Lundell. Does MLB <laughs> spring training make you happy? Fifty-five point five percent of the audience <laughs> said yes. Did you know that F minus was a grade? Seventy-two percent of the audience said no. 
That's it. Those are the polls. Jealous. Brought of to you by the traders. <laughs> Jealous of the people that have never received an 70 F minus. percent is an F minus. Yeah. Uh, no, it is not. You, you it's like a C plus now. It's, it's almost a B. Yeah. What? Oh, oh yeah. Kids are stupid as hell now. Wow. Yeah, geez. Oh, wait, that's wow. easier than 93 yeah, to get an A. Wait, I think it might be an A now, yeah, actually. They, I, when I was in high school, they changed it. Like, when I was in the middle, that's I guess I'm dating myself. But then 90 to uh, 100 was... They made it like a 10-point scale at yeah. one point in time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. To 89 B... 70 to 79 C, 60. My school punished us. That's a C. It, by that, by that. A metric. C was an 84 at my school. Jesus. Yeah. Well, it's Miami Dade education that uh, we went to, Mike. So I, I went to Christian schools my entire life. I just, school, I didn't really have much use for it. I didn't for really fools. take it seriously. And I wish I took it more seriously, especially now in the day and age where you can just go to chat GPT and do everything. Do you, no ever, meet so, to do do you ever meet someone that's like, I wish I could go back to school. I'd do worse. <laughs> I just I would, shit up. I did too well. I would probably do worse, but my grades would be better. Because of how much we've advanced with artificial intelligence. I remember taking tests where there were no calculators involved. I want to go back to school. I feel like I'd like enjoy learning stuff now. I, don't. I didn't enjoy it at the time. What would school be I like? Wanted to get drunk. I'm over these people that want to go back That's... and do things when they were younger. Let, get me to retirement. That's where I want to get to. Really? Yeah, I don't want so to be young again. Closer to death. Exactly right. What get do you closer. imagine like it was like? like? What would a school be like if it was all people that were doing it a second time? Like, would it be a more rowdy experience? Creepy as hell. We'd Check all Mr. Be Beast. He's definitely done this. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is exactly how Mr. Beast's video starts. I took a thousand people, and they went back to school for six months. I paid them ten grand a day. I held the one-year-old captive for three months. Here's the... What? <laughs> that was crazy. I I've, had an ad for that on Twitter <laughs> every time I logged in for a week, and I was too afraid to click it and watch. I trapped this person inside of a supermarket to see how long it would take before they <laughs> had psychosis. But I'm a good guy, generally. I might be president one day. All right, everybody, Mother's Day is officially around the corner. If mom's gift isn't already on the way, you've got hours, maybe even minutes, to get it together. So head over to 1-800-Flowers.com right this second. 1-800-Flowers still has great last-minute deals on handmade bouquets, sweet treats, gourmet food, and one-of-a-kind gifts ordered easily and delivered fresh. You want to get mom something that shows your appreciation for all that she's done? We know you've been a knucklehead. She knows you've been a knucklehead. Please do better. Help your mom. Feel appreciated this Mother's Day. This is your last chance to lock in these Mother's Day deals. Only good while supplies last. Order today at 1-800-Flowers.com slash Dan, D-A-N. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash Dan. Hey listeners, it's Mike Ryan, and I've changed a lot over the course of 20 years that you've known me. I've gone from unlikable to, well, my hair has changed. But my point is, while a lot's changed over our relationship, there's one thing that hasn't changed one bit, and that's a great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite has sparked this debate way back in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. They keep it simple. It's got undebatable quality, great taste, 96 calories, you know all those things. It's a beer that strips everything away that you don't need and holds on to what matters most. But with Miller Lite, you don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. It's both those things. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com Dan, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, 
but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.